If you're in the UK, good evening. If they're in the US, good afternoon. Um, I don't know if anybody it's in the morning. Any ideas, Mr. Isaac, there? <laughs> I don't know who would be in the uh, the morning hours right now. Maybe uh, Tokyo, Japan or someplace like that. I don't know. Well, we, we should definitely see. On today's show, we talk Britt Baker's comments on Swerve's podcast, the Carl Anderson situation with New Japan, the elite obviously return, and topic of my guest Tuesday. And for our main event, it's a role reversal. Let's get and do this, shall we? And please welcome back my guest, the resident expert himself, Mr. Isaacs. How are we? Good evening, Liam. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever the hell time it is for anybody that they watch this. Uh, doing, man? I'm doing very, very well, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine and dandy in this wonderful evening. Absolutely. How good week? It's been a good week, man. Very busy, very hectic, ramping up, getting ready for Halloween. And uh that's gonna be good times. Sweet. You can do anything aside for Halloween? Well, uh, we're doing like a family Halloween party deal tomorrow. Um, so that that should be fun. Um, and I'll probably give out candy Monday night. Is alcohol involved? <laughs> Probably. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. I can just about guarantee it will be. So, I'll just uh, on. so obviously, I, it was announced obviously a few weeks ago that you're going to be the co-host from December. I've not had a chance to speak to you yet. What's your opinion? Are you happy with this? I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled at the opportunity. I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun together. I think we're going to get into some really interesting topics and... Uh, bring some cool people on and um yeah that's gonna be awesome man i look forward to it absolutely obviously as i mentioned there if there's any topics you want to cover let us know then we'll we can absolutely cover this so yeah. i'm absolutely excited i don't know what you're going to cover yet so we'll, we shall see but yes <laughs> from december the is it first or second i can't remember which when's the first show on that one uh, i'd have to look at the calendar <laughs> <laughs> That would probably be um, that would probably be December third. That's a Saturday. Yeah, well, December, whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. yes, obviously December third will obviously be our debut episode. I cannot wait. So, but enough rambling on. Let's get into some uh, things, shall we? So, let's get into our part one. We call the Magic Weekly. <laughs> Now, on the board, you will see four images. Now, each image represents a different story, which has gone off in the past couple of weeks. You can do these in any order you want. So, which one do you want? One, two, three, or four? I think we should stick with a linear order here. Let's go with number one. Okay, number one it is. Now, Britt Baker was obviously on Swerve's podcast, and she made some interesting comments. I want to get your opinion on this. What is so toxic is when somebody thinks they're bigger than the company or that the company needs them. That's literally no one in AEW that they need. Other than Tony Khan to survive, everybody can be replaced. What's your opinion on these comments? <laughs> well, I'm curious to know because I, I saw people online say that this was directed towards Thunder Rosa, but... um. 
I mean, I, with everything that's come out this week, I kind of wonder if it's about CM Punk. So I, I, I don't know exactly who it's about. Did she say? I mean, I'm, I'm sure she didn't. But. No, there's no comment saying who it was, but I think a lot of people, I think it's obviously Thunder Rosa. Do you think it's Thunder Rosa? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Thunder Rosa. I mean, I, I think that uh, her and Punk were pretty cool with each other. So I, I don't think she's talking about Punk. I think she's talking about Thunder Rosa. Um, and, and and regards to whether or not that's a true statement, I, I would say that it's half and half, depending on who you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about Thunder Rosa, she's a great wrestler, but yeah, she's replaceable. If you're talking about CM Punk, that's a bit different because then you're talking like a difference of uh, thousands of viewers. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah, agree. I, I, I think it just really depends on who, who she's talking about. I think she's probably talking about Thunder Rosa because I know that it's been rumored that they've had an issue with each other. So that's what I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I disagree and agree. I, I agree. It depends on who she's talking about again, uh, whether or not they're replaceable. Um, or if they're not, who knows? Who knows? It's, it's, the comment was thrown me is that bit where they think they're bigger than the company. Do you think there's any wrestlers in AEW who think they're bigger than the company? Uh, if I had to guess, I I would say Jericho probably thinks that. <laughs> that would be my assumption. I, I don't know about anybody else. I don't really think Danielson would think that. I mean, possibly Punk. I don't know. I, I I could see Jericho thinking that though, because he's just you know he's kind of got he dips his toes in a little bit of everything. He's you know he's a rock star. He does acting, and you know he does a podcast, which half the time isn't about wrestling. So I could see that. <laughs> well, we shall uh, definitely see what happens over the next few weeks with these obviously comments. So, which one do you want next? Two, three, or four? Stick to our order here. Let's go with number two. Now I'm sure you can take a guess what the this story is with the image. Oh yeah, Cat. yeah. The, the never open weight championship debacle. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will let you talk about this one. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I think it was just kind of a, a poor timing deal. Um, I think that uh, you know that obviously he was on a handshake agreement with New Japan. Mm -hmm. WWE came knocking, offered him money. And uh, okay, well, I'll go, I'll go work over there with you guys then because it's probably a lot more money than what New Japan can afford to pay. Um, you know, I hope that he honors his commitment and shows up for New Japan, but I don't know. It just depends. I mean, it, historically, the WWE has not allowed wrestlers to do that, but this is a new era. So I, I don't know. It's a very real possibility that Triple H will let him go and do the honorable thing and uh, drop the title at a New Japan card. I don't know. It just remains to be seen, but it, it'll be kind of interesting to see how this is handled because this is going to kind of set the precedent moving forward. Yeah, really interesting. What, how do you actually see this playing out? Uh, I think that the WWE will allow him to do a one-off. I think he'll go and he'll drop the title. Uh, I think he's wrestling Hikaleo. Is that right? <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yeah. I, I think he'll go and he'll drop the, the belt to Hikaleo and then he'll come back to Monday Night Raw and they'll act like it never happened. That's what I think will happen. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think that's well said there. I mean, we shall definitely <laughs> see, but who knows? But what do you reckon? So obviously the video put it out, like kind of like hit, firing back at New Japan anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I hadn't seen it, but uh, it's 
honestly probably just building up the match. <laughs> I mean, it's probably just kind of taking on a heel role and uh, building up the match because I do think it's going to happen. Yeah, we. I think I, I've. I kind of agree. I think that obviously we'll obviously defend it and obviously drop it to obviously Hikaleo, but we've It'd be very surprising if he went and retained. <laughs> yeah, be more even awkward. But we that would shall be a very see. very strange turn of events. Um, you know, maybe we'd see a forbidden door of a whole different type there. But uh, I, yeah, he, he's going to go drop it to Hikaleo. Yeah, absolutely. But obviously, there's also been reports of him obviously vacating the title. Do we see that being an option? It always is. Yeah, I mean, that's always an option, too. Um, I hope to see him follow through with it, just because I'm kind of curious to see what kind of opportunities could open up if WWE and New Japan do have at least a minimal agreement to exchange one piece of talent on one night. Could lead to something different. Who knows? Um, so I hope that's the case, but, you know, they, they, they strip champions all the time. They, they have that goofy clause where if somebody doesn't defend a title in 30 days, they strip them and... <laughs> So, I mean, New Japan's used to that. They strip champions all the time. So, yeah, I wouldn't ask, be surprised. Ask John Muxley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, I think I know this one anyway, but I'm going to ask three or four. Let's go with three, my man. So, there's a lot of reports that the elite's coming back. We saw the video package on Dynamite. I'm sure you covered it on Dynamite After Dark. Your yep. thoughts? Yeah. And, and just to kind of reiterate what I said there, um, it, it's pretty abundantly clear with this promo and the news that they were backstage and some of the stuff that's coming out of Fightful and from Meltzer this week, it's pretty abundantly clear that Tony Khan's made his choice. He's going with the elite. Um, you know, for better or for worse, he's going with the elite and uh, it looks like they're coming back. It was an interesting promo, you know, them kind of erasing themselves from AEW history and the, the E and AEW disappearing. I kind of wonder if they're going to come in kind of like outsiders and, and be kind of like heels and, you know, you wouldn't have this place if it wasn't for us, um, you know, that kind of deal. Um, I mean, I, I could see that being entertaining, but we'll just have to see how this goes. I think this is a pretty clear sign that Punk's never coming back. Yeah. Obviously, we spoke about, obviously, the whole debacle backstage. Obviously, we haven't seen the Elite for a while. Are you a fan, obviously, without them? I know, I know that's a little dicky thing to say, but... but. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't think the show really hurts without them, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't have anything against them. I, I think they're a bit arrogant, honestly, and I, I think that they believe that they're a lot bigger in the business than they actually are, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> um, I agree. I mean, I think Kenny Omega is a great wrestler, and I think the Bucks are great wrestlers. I really do. But I do think they're very full of themselves. I, I think they think that they're the end-all, be-all of wrestling. Uh, and they probably do really think that AEW wouldn't survive and wouldn't exist without them. But, uh, you know, I mean, I it, I'm, I would like to see what they can do if they come back. Because I do think that if Omega can still go, if his health is still holding up, I, there's still matches there I'd like to see from him. Definitely. Um, so, you know, let, let's let it play out and see what happens. Um, I think the shows have been just fine without them, to be honest with you, but they're clearly coming back. So let's see. How, let's see how this goes. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, as you mentioned there with Punk, it doesn't look like he's coming back. Will this actually hurt AEW in the long run or will it just yes. be a simple 
Okay, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely think this will hurt them in the long run. I mean, there's no doubt. And, and I've seen a lot of people say the contrary. And some people the other night on the AEW Dynamite After Dark show were saying the contrary. But I'm sorry, man. If Punk leaves, they're going to lose a lot of business. I mean, it, it's not going to tank the company. But there definitely was a rating spike when Punk came in. It wasn't huge. It wasn't enormous. But they did have a spike. And the pay-per-view sales did have a spike. Again, it wasn't enormous, but they did have a spike. I think there's no doubt this is going to hurt business, um, which is very unfortunate. I mean, this situation is very unfortunate. Uh, AEW's made a lot of progress business-wise over the past year, and I hate to see them kind of take a step back. But I definitely think this is going to be worse for business. Um but who knows? You know, maybe the locker room morale might go up and maybe that'll positively affect the product. I don't know, but I, I do think losing the star power of Punk is going to hurt the business. Yeah, we shall. Obviously, Ace Steel's obviously been released. We'll probably see in the next few months when obviously Punk goes. So there's one left. It's obviously number four. Now, this is always my favorite topic of your choosing. This is where you get the chance to talk about anything you want in wrestling. So, what do we talk about today? Well, what I would like to discuss is I would like to discuss where the WWE is going with this Bray Wyatt situation and the character, um, because it's kind of weird what they're doing with them. It's like they've got the good guy, Bray Wyatt, who's just like so happy to be back. And, you know, I, I wasn't sure I could ever do this again or whatever, yada, yada. And then you've got the, the guy with the evil face that shows up on the screen like he's, you know, kind of the puppet master controlling good guy Bray. Now, I've seen a lot of people online speculate that maybe the guy with the mask is uh, Bo Dallas, but I don't think that's the case. I think what's going on here is I personally think that this is an internal struggle with Bray Wyatt. This is a three faces of Foley kind of deal, uh, and there's going to be the, the good guy Bray Wyatt that's just this kind of subdued, all shucks. I'm so happy to be back. I'm going to cry because you guys are cheering for me. And then the evil side of Bray Wyatt, that's kind of like his alternate, his alter ego that, that comes up at certain times and makes him do evil, harsh shit. That's what I think. But what do you think, Liam? I think you're right. I think, yeah, they brought him back, which obviously was a big deal. I mean, we saw the pot there, but I don't see, I think they don't actually know what to do with Bray at the minute. I think it's like an identity well, crisis with him. To me, it was so weird that he came back at the end of uh, the last pay-per-view. And then, like, you know, he came out and he did the weird promo and everything that ended the show. And then the next week, he was just in a backstage promo. A backstage promo with weird music playing in the background. And I was like, okay, if they already kind of lost the direction here? <laughs> like <laughs> I, mean, uh, I guess we'll see what they do on the, you know this week's SmackDown, but uh, yeah, that 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 was a little off-putting for me. I think that kind of derailed the uh, the train, so to speak. Yeah, I think you're right on there. I think they don't know what to do with him yet, but obviously Triple H is still he's made a lot of significant changes, obviously as we discussed last week. But uh, we shall definitely see. But at the minute, I'm not seeing where they go from here. So who knows? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, that's obviously the end of the Magic Weekly. So let's get into our main event. The main event.
I'm sorry, but I love that ending bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hadn't seen that one before. That's uh, that's pretty that, awesome. It's that, like a like a retro WWF arcade game, like the WrestleFest I used to play when I was a kid all the time. Yeah, thank you. That's obviously thanks to our good friend Canada Dry. He built that for us, and I just love the ending. So I thought I'd just use it. So. They do a great job with the production of the stuff. I mean, the the graphics and the little transition effects and everything. I'm like, wow, man. These are some like full sale Hollywood types. Absolutely. So you've been on the show. Is it third, fourth time now? This is. Oh geez, I don't even know. It's it's probably fourth or fifth, I would imagine. So obviously, the past two times we've obviously done some like little question things. Obviously, you as you are the resident expert. So today I said, you know what? Let's let's mix it up a little bit, shall we? So that way you do a little raw reversal. So I do believe you've got some questions for me. I'm I've kind of excited to see what these are but <laughs> have you searched the whole internet for this yes i scoured the internet um i, I looked over under every rock every like a uh, shady link that was going to give me malware and try to kill me and give my computer aids now i found it all man i went to the deep dark depths of the web i went to quora uh, i tried to go to yahoo answers apparently that shut down by the way um, <laughs> really okay i did not know that and some of these I even just came up with myself, and then some of them are anonymous submissions by the All F and Wrestling community. So, wait, um, what? How the hell did you get L M? <laughs> well, you know, I, I uh, when you were asleep over there in uh, Britain land one night, I, I went in the little chat and said, "Hey, you guys got questions for the Magic Man? I want you to send them to me. They can be absurd, or they can be real questions. I prefer absurd, but." Throw them out there, and I'll ask it to them. Nothing's off limits. So no, that's it. So obviously now this is the main event. It's over to you. Go ahead. All right, we are at the main event, and this is going to be question time with the Magic Man, <laughs> led by Mister Isaacs this time. So <laughs> let's get right into it. I got a list of questions right here in front of me on the smartphone. Let's go. All right, question number one, Magic Man. And uh, this one, I'm curious to see what you say, because I've always kind of wondered this. Who is the most popular British wrestler of all time in the UK? Like, who do you all see as like your country's Hulk Hogan or Antonio Inoki or Bret Hart? So that's quite an easy one. It's obviously David Boy Smith. I mean, the guy obviously main evented Summer. I think it was SummerSlam. I mean, but yeah, yeah. if you ask... If you ask any wrestling fan in the UK with the number one British one, nine times out of ten, it's going to have to be the David Boy Smith. And for me, is David Boy Smith as well. We we have obviously had a lot of obviously good wrestlers from the UK, but I think for what he's achieved, is probably second to none, straight to the point. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, him headlining a you know what, what is it Wembley Stadium over there? Yes, against yes. Bret Hart. That that was phenomenal. Like that was a great match. That was so electric. That crowd was super hot. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of figured that was going to be your answer, but I was just kind of curious to know because I haven't heard a lot of, uh, you know, uh, what UK wrestling fans, who they grow up idolizing, like who they consider to be like their Hulk Hogan. But that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, so David Boy me. <laughs> All right. Question number two here. Now we're getting into the absurd a little bit. <laughs> How do professional wrestlers stay friends with each other when they're beating each other up in storyline? Oh, whoever sent that one, that is a really good one. 
I, I think it's one of them where they get like into like a, a zone type thing. I think obviously backstage they'll all be like pally pally and stuff, but as soon as they get through that ring, it's like they're in a. The way I see it is like they get into like a little zone type thing where it's like, okay, I want to beat the shit out of you, even though you're my best friend. But then back out of the ring, they're like really obviously good friends. Yeah. I, I always kind of wondered if, uh, you know, any pro wrestlers were like, uh, you know how they refer to like method acting, where uh-huh. like a, a, a guy will act his part like 24 7. I always kind of wondered if they ever did that with each other instead of kayfabing backstage. They would do method acting and just oh, get the fuck out of my face. You know, the faces <laughs> and the heels get into it. I kind of doubt that ever happened. But uh... <laughs> what, what about you? How do you, how do you see him obviously doing that? Uh, you know, it's, it's just like actors on a TV show, man. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I doubt that, uh, the actor who plays Batman and the actor who plays the Joker, even if they stiff each other a little bit in a fight sequence, I'm sure they're totally fine afterwards, you know, unless they're doing that weird method acting stuff. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, unless they're really, really super, uh, snug with each other, like, uh, you know, I don't know, Brett and Sean (laughs) or something like that. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's not a problem. You know, I I think most professional wrestlers know that, uh, you know, if they get accidentally hit with a stiff shot, that it's not the other guy's fault nine times out of ten. And they just kind of chalk it up to being part of the business. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. This one should be interesting. Who is the most shameful professional wrestler of all time? And I'm just going to throw out a limb here because they didn't specify so I'm going to say either something they did in real life or something they did on screen. I'll let you choose which one. So it is more shameful. Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> this is going to be a controversial one, but the only person who sticks out for me is obviously Tessa Blanchard. More okay. so, for, more so for what she obviously did backstage. I mean, as a talent, I think she's absolutely on point, brilliant, straight to the thing. But you see all these reports that she's obviously racist backstage. You know, stuff like that. It kind of, it kind of takes it away, and I just think I, I, I can never look at it the same way again. To be honest, yeah, I kind of think Tesla's damaged goods. Yeah, and and that sucks because she's so talented. She's so talented. She has an amazing look. She was great at playing like a bitchy heel type. I, it's just a real shame, but yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely can see how uh, she's the most shameful today. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, all time, I would say, and this is kind of a cop out answer. I would say Chris Benoit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would kind of like trying to stay away from that one. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> the other one is actually, and I've just thought of this while I'm here, is uh, Marty Skull. Oh yes, yeah. He uh, that yeah. one. <laughs> we don't have to get into specifics there, but yeah, Marty Scroll is one of those guys that uh, kind of got accused of some things, and uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, rest his piece of cake. I mean, you could throw in Scroll, you could throw in Joey Ryan. I mean, there's several of those guys who <laughs> you could do a top ten list like that too. So I mean, there's like a whole list of them. But um, okay, let's move on to something a little more lighthearted here, shall we? When it comes to the supernatural in wrestling, why do wrestlers like The Undertaker and Kane get a pass, whereas a wrestler like Bray Wyatt gets criticized? And I'm curious to see what you say about this. Oh, dear. So, 
as regards to the Undertaker, I think his character was the thing is with Bray Wyatt. I think that because we've seen it with the Undertaker, it's like nothing new. I mean, back in them days, Kane and Undertaker was probably the most unique paranormal characters you can think of. But I think modern day, creepy wise, I think that it's it just doesn't draw the audience for me. I think that he does try and be the Undertaker a little bit, but it's just. Because we've seen it before, we're not going to see it again, and it doesn't seem to work for me. All right. The way that I see that is, I I think it's kind of a, it's kind of an issue of how extreme they go mm-hmm. with the paranormal. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you know, with like Undertaker and Kane, it's a lot of like lighting effects and you know, little psych out things like that. That theoretically if everything was legitimate in a shoot, you know, maybe he knows somebody in production that can hit the lights at a certain time or something like that. Just kind of playing some mind games. Whereas Bray Wyatt gets hit in the head with a sledgehammer and the hell in the cell match. And, uh, is not hurt by it? <laughs> so, I think there's a bit of a difference there. I mean, that's what I think is the difference. Now I know that obviously there was some stuff like that with Kane later on too, but, uh, that, that's kind of how I see it. Would you agree with that as well? Yeah, I think you're on point there with what you've said there. I think the effects, obviously, I think the effects back in the old days were really, really good. But now I think they use too many effects, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, even outside of Undertaker and Kane, you had Papa Shango, you know, with the, uh, you know, the, the who later became the Godfather for anybody who's younger out there that doesn't know who I'm talking about, who did voodoo curses on people. And like, he would have enhancement talent with like ooze coming out of their mouth after he pins them. And <laughs> that, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this one, this is a submission from the all F and wrestling community anonymously. by the way. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to Dollywood? I have not. I love to go to, wait, you said Dollywood or Hollywood. Dolly with a D. Do you know where Dollywood is, Liam? I know where Hollywood is. I don't know where Dollywood is. As <laughs> <laughs> Dollywood said this. So so, uh, so Hollywood is Los Angeles, right? That's right. just like a nickname for Los Angeles where all the movies and everything in this country are made. Dollywood is a theme park owned by the country music singer Dolly Parton, and it's in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Which is just a, a little bit south of where I live. So that's what Dollywood is, if you didn't actually know what Dollywood is. I did not. So I feel like an idiot now. So, But I would love to go there because it sounds so much fun. It, it is. It is fun. I've been there a couple times, rode the roller coasters and everything. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, I, I liked it. But, um, so today's knowledge is brought to you by the resident expert. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect a guy who grew up in the UK to know what Dollywood actually oh, is. Oh, dear. Yeah. Do we actually know who sent that question in? Because I'm really interested. Oh, I know who sent it. <laughs> Dollywood? Canada Dry. Fucking hell, the Canada Dry. <laughs> now, I wasn't going to tell you, but you asked, so. Well, ask, I've, I'll tell you. I've got to ask on that, sir. <laughs> okay, and the next question, again, this is anonymous as well, and I think you might uh, pick up on who asked this one. What is Canada Dry really like? <laughs> it's Canada Dry sent that one. Yes, he did. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to go out on a little thingy. I'm just going to be truthfully honest. I mean, 
I know a lot of people, obviously, he upsets for obvious reasons, but the guy's got heart. He has. He's a really big heart. I mean, obviously, we always talk before we go live, and you can see he's passionate about, obviously, all left from wrestling. I mean, obviously, we've got all left from wrestling show. We've got the magic of wrestling, which is my show. You're part of the thing now. Um, yeah, and I think he's always looking to try and make people happy, but I think sometimes a lot of people do misjudge him in a way. I mean, you've obviously spoke to him recently as well. What's your opinion? I think he's a great guy. I think he's hilarious. I think he's funny. Uh, I think he's smart. <laughs> I do think it's funny to see him in the chat sometimes. He <laughs> bickers back and forth with people. And I can tell he's just bullshitting with them. Like, he's not, like, trying to be a jerk or anything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just funny. And, you know, like, you know, he's even, uh, you know, kind of called out a couple of my opinions on the shows. And, uh, you know, I just laugh and go along with it. I know he's not doing it to be a dick. It's just, it's funny. <laughs> Else, uh, uh, dear, but I, yeah, that's that's probably my honest answer there. <laughs> now, I was gonna kayfabe this and just be like, Do you like ginger ale, Liam? Do you actually <laughs> like Canada dry ginger ale? Have you ever had it before? Do you know what it is? Do they sell it in the UK? Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Okay, are you a fan <laughs> of it? Have you tried it? I don't drink from there. <laughs> All right, and the discussion next story. All right, I've got one more anonymous question from the All F and Wrestling community. This one's a bit weird. I'm not gonna lie; this one's a little strange for me to be asking you on this podcast. But um, it was insisted that I ask it. So, are you a boob or butt man? That <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Now you can decline to answer this if you want, but no, um, because this is it's a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a boob man, all right. There you go. Okay. I I'm not gonna elaborate on that because I could probably get fucking demonetized or anything. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, dear. Yeah, we, right. we don't want demonetization here. Now that's that's not what we're striving for. When Mr. Isaacs is joining the show, we're looking to strengthen the monetization not take it back so there you go i'm just gonna leave it at that and shame on whoever that anonymous person is that asked that question because that's who was it was it It it's kind of dry (laughs) (laughs) of course it was (laughs) all right moving on moving on go back to some wrestling topics if you will this is a wrestling show why do non-wrestling fans feel the need to tell wrestling fans you know it's fake, right? Now, do you oh, get this God. a lot? Have you gotten this? I'm sure you have. I think everybody's got it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always give them the same response. Yeah, and? <laughs> I, as simple as that. I mean, it's yeah, and? I, mean, I enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? I love the storylines. There's more into wrestling than what you think. And then they walk off, funnily enough. <laughs> so I get. So, so, so uh, why do you think they ask that? Like what? What? What do you think is the preconceived notion that wrestling fans think it's real? Like what? Where do you think that comes from? I think it's because one, they don't actually like wrestling, and I think that I think the internet obviously has obviously ruined it as well. I think that obviously there's so much on the internet now. I mean, you can obviously see what goes into wrestling, what goes off behind the scenes, and I think for some people out in the world, it does take away from the wrestling thing but there's passionate fans like myself obviously you obviously everybody in the community we obviously we still stick with it but there's always going to be that percentage of people out there who's just going to be like no wrestling's fit you know right yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
So is your Marvel shit. There you go. Uh, you know, Marvel's fake, Star Wars, uh, you know, Mortal Kombat, uh, you know, <laughs> any type of scripted entertainment is quote unquote fake. It's not legitimate. It's not real. Like you're you're not really like cutting people in half with a laser saw. I mean, that's not that's not what's going on here. Um, I, here's my theory as to why people ask that. Okay. Um, it, it is people that don't watch wrestling and have never really watched it before that were told that it was fake from like their parents who grew up in an era where kayfabe was still kind of real. Uh, and a lot of people, particularly in the South here in the U S back in the seventies and even into the eighties thought that it was an actual shoot. You know, when people were trying to climb into the ring and attack wrestlers and, you know, Cornette's told stories about getting punched by fans and, you know, just all kinds of crazy shit like that. And I think that those people from that era um, were like, that's fake. That's not real. They're trying to tell us it's real, but it's not. So then when they have kids later on in the 90s and in the 2000s, they're like, oh, yeah, that pro wrestling stuff, that's all fake. So I guess people that don't watch it just have a presumption that everyone who does watch it thinks it's real based on how people acted back in the seventies and eighties regarding it. That's kind of my theory on why people ask that. What do you think about that? Do you think I, that's think, I, I think you're on point there. I think that I think you've just said it pretty much down to a T there. I fully agree. All right. That's what I like to hear that I'm on point. <laughs> Guys, make right. sense. moving on. Now this is going to be interesting because this is something that uh, was very prevalent uh, back when I was watching wrestling back in like high school and early college. So I'm, I'm curious if you fall into this. What are your opinions on backyard wrestling and have you ever done it? So the second part, no, I've never done it. But as regards to backyard wrestling, I think it's more pro pro uh, popular, obviously, in the US. I don't think it's as common over here, but... The way I see it is every wrestler's got to start somewhere, right? They've obviously got to get like the. I looked at it where they get like experience. Do you know what I mean? If it does include backyard wrestling, indie shows. You know what I mean? As long as they get that experience, you know, sure. in the match stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure probably a lot of wrestlers today, all the big names started backyard wrestling at some point. It's like LARPing, right? <laughs> but yeah. Live action role playing, but actually like pretending to be wrestlers. But the reason why I say it kind of came from my era, um, you know, like the late 90s, early 2000s was it really seemed to be kind of kind of became a deal whenever ECW got popular. Mm-hmm. And like it was, you know, people gravitated uh, less towards the technical aspects of the, the in-ring action and more towards the, well, I can pick up an object and and pretend to hit you with it. And, you know, that's a lot easier to learn than like a, you know, hammer lock. And <laughs> so I, I think a lot of kids saw that. Is thought, it as oh, much- man, it's cool. I want to try that out. So they'd go in their backyards with trampolines and what have you. And uh, they'd hit each other with shit. I know people that did it. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like legit. <laughs> Is it a- that got knocked out doing it. Because he got Is hit it- in the head with something. I don't remember what, but. Is it as more common now, obviously, in today, or is it not as prevalent? It's not as prevalent today. It was something that was kind of like, like I said, like a late 90s, early 2000s thing. And then it kind of died out after that. You know, ECW went away. Hardcore wrestling kind of went by the wayside. Um, 
I don't see a lot of people today do it. Now, obviously, there's idiots on the internet that do it, like that superhuman kid, you know, that <laughs> poor guy. Um, you know, I I shouldn't call him an idiot. I think there's probably something wrong with the kid. But yeah, I mean, there's still <laughs> people that do it, and uh, you know, it's not a good thing to do. But the WWE did that whole "Don't try this at home" shit. You know, they started all that around like the mid, uh, early to mid two thousands to kind of curtail that and. I think all that just kind of eventually went by the wayside, but uh, I've actually seen some backyard wrestling. Yeah, sweet. I might need to look into this because it's not, as, like I said, popular in the UK. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Moving on. Now, this is a uh, kind of a more basic question, but uh, I'm curious to see what your definition of this is. What makes a professional wrestler good? I think it boils down to three things. Storytelling, I feel like when they're in a match to tell like a good story. I'm not a, like a big fan of wrestlers who literally just goes like squash matches. I really hate squash matches. I think promos is obviously the second one. Obviously, be tell a good promo. And I think connection with the fans. Do you know, as an example, like The Rock, I mean, the guy was good in the ring. He obviously was great promos and he had that fan connection. So I think if you look at wrestlers who's got them three things, I think that does make a wrestler good. I think that's a very good answer. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of younger fans that think it's, uh, you know, how many flips you do and, you know, how many spots you can throw in and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But no, I mean, it's like you said, it's the ability to connect with an audience. And uh, um I mean, that's really what's important. You know, it's about selling tickets. It's about bringing people to the show, bringing eyes to the product, and the connection with the fans is paramount. So I totally agree with that. Our butts in seats, as Vince says. <laughs> yeah, butts in seats. Oh, uh, dear. All right. Now, this question is absolutely ridiculous. Don't know why I'm asking you this. Don't know how you're going to respond even, but this this was literally a Quora.com question. How do I wrestle? Now, do you mean like how do you personally wrestle or how do you wrestle in general? The question is open for interpretation. I will let you answer however you see fit. Oh, dear. How do you wrestle? I think you, I'm going to try and like give you like something to compare to a different wrestler, but I'm trying to think of one. So, and I don't want to offend you here. <laughs> I imagine you're a bit like a powerhouse wrestler. Do you know what I mean? Slamming people, power bombing people, like a. Trying to think of one. Like a Wardlaw, do you know, like the physique of Wardlaw, that's an example. Yeah. Something like that. I think you that's the impression I get from you as a wrestler. Yeah. All right. All right. Am I on point, though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll move on here. Uh, why do people like wrestling? Wow. Very basic, but <laughs> difficult question. It is a difficult question because it all depends on you ask. I mean, for, I mean, for us, obviously, look at the community we're obviously in. I mean, there's so many people there we've managed to connect with. We've got a podcast, but I also think it's the entertainment value. Do you know what I mean when you watch wrestling? I mean, yeah. this is this is why I personally watch AEW than WWE. I prefer the entertainment value. I mean, a, a lot of people like slit AEW. Oh. They're not really that good. But if you look at the entertainment value, it's really on point. Yeah, we're not going to like it. It's not going to be spot on for absolutely everything, but they're on point. Entertainment value. I agree with that, yeah. I personally like AEW better than WWE. I think WWE is a more polished product, 
but I just kind of personally prefer the style of AEW. I just like that better. <laughs> so, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I was thinking about this question as well. And, and for me, it's just kind of like, and I think I brought this up on the very first episode that I did with you, that pro wrestling is just another expression of good versus evil. You know, whether we're talking about God versus Satan, mm-hmm. or we're talking about Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin, or Face we're talking about Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, or Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. It's just the baby face versus the heel. And you could apply that same logic to any form of entertainment or any type of fiction, basically, just about that's ever been written. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think at the very fundamental core, that's why people like wrestling. It's just another interpretation of good versus evil. And I think, you know, on point there, you could look at that through life, good versus bad. Home versus, yeah, I, I, I like that little interpretation there, good versus evil. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're getting close to the end here. we got a couple more, but uh, they're going to be interesting, though. <laughs> why do people say wrestling isn't what it used to be? Now, this is another mouthful. Let's see what you have to say about this. So, obviously, wrestling's evolved throughout the years. I think that when we first watched it as fans, I think that you were used to, like, as if powerhouses, you used to Hulk Hogan, you were used to Andre the Giant. You didn't see, like, many high flyers or people from different backgrounds. And I think that this day and age, obviously, you've got, like I said, high flyers. You've got Ray Phoenix, who's a prime example. I mean, this guy's absolutely acrobatic as hell. You've got Will Ospreay. You've got Luchasaurus, who's quite tall, but the guy can actually do some good flips. Yeah. I think that's probably the best. That's how much... Yeah, it's evolved, but for some people, they don't like that. Me, personally, I absolutely love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, just to kind of give you what my answer would be on this, uh, I, I think it's kind of a desensitization thing. You know, I I think that uh, back in the 70s and the 80s, a a headlock and a a scoop slam was like a big deal. But then as more people did it, they had to find something bigger to do. So then Uh they started to do power slams and they started to do suplexes. And then it went a little further and then they had to start jumping from the top rope. And then it went a little further. Then they had to start doing flips. And, you know, just just over time, there's just kind of a desensitization where you have to kind of up the ante a little bit in order to produce the same effect of mental stimulation. So that's kind of what I think is going on here. Um, I I think that's the reason why wrestling looks so different back in like the 70s and 80s than it does in the 90s and the 2000s. And then today in 2022, it looks even different than it did in 2000. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I think you well said that. All right. We are wrapping this up. We've got one more question left. Go ahead. This is, I came up with this question. This is mine. Okay. And uh, I know the answer to it, but I just kind of wanted to bring this out here and talk about it. Okay. Have you been to a wrestling show, and what is it like compared to watching on television? So to answer your question, I started the month I was at a wrestling show. It was a show called 1PW, which is basically the British indie show, which has obviously made a big, massive comeback. I obviously got the tickets for there. And the reason I think it's better there is it's the atmosphere. It's like the connection, you know, because you're not just – it's a lot different. It's really hard to explain. You feel more invested into the matches. Yeah. 
and stuff like that. I think that when you watch it on show, on that, I can tell you like, uh, yeah. But when you're actually there, like front row, middle row, whatever, whatever, you just feel that connection. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, it's just a totally different experience seeing it live than seeing it on TV because. When you see it live, you hear the music blaring and it sounds like a rock concert, you know, and you hear the 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 boom of the mat as somebody gets slammed down because they, they you know, position a microphone under the ring that goes over the PA system and it makes it sound like an earthquake is happening when somebody gets slammed. It's just little aesthetic items like that make seeing wrestling in person so much different than watching it on TV. Watching it on TV, it just seems lifeless compared to actually being there and um you know i don't know if you experience this as well but for me personally seeing the wrestlers in person is just so much larger than life than watching them on tv i mean even like i I remember specifically um you know when i went to a smackdown taping uh, about a decade ago and, and the opening dark match was Colt Cabana, ironically enough. He worked one dark match, and it was in Lexington, Kentucky, against Wade Barrett. And, you know, Wade Barrett just always kind of seemed like this generic guy, you know, that, but the guy's a fucking giant. When I saw <laughs> him in person, he looked like he was, like, seven foot tall and jacked to the gills, and I was like, oh, my God, this is just, like, such a different Wade Barrett than what I feel like I see on television. It's just uh, kind of an example I have off the top of my head. Did you notice that at all? When you yeah. Went yeah, there's obviously the as I mentioned there, there was some really big names. Obviously, Christopher Daniels there, Nick yeah. Aldis was there. By the way, he's fucking huge. Oh yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen him in person, but just watching him on NWA and in TNA over the years, he's a jacked up dude, man. I imagine in person yeah. he does look like a monster. I'll be honest, um, on NWA it doesn't do him justice. He's absolutely huge. Um, yeah, and the, I just want to say, obviously, with one PW, I will be going back in February, and it was announced today, which I'm super excited for. One of my all-time favorites is actually going to be there, Will Osprey. Oh, that is awesome, and he is in the prime of his career right now too. So that you, for you to get to see your country's best wrestler today, mm-hmm. um, in his prime. That's that's special, man. That's exciting. I'm I'm happy for you. The only thing I hope is they do a meet and greet for it because that to me will be absolutely brilliant. So we shall see. Yeah, yeah, and and, <laughs> and I think you told me at the event you went to, you met uh, Jamie Hader. Is that right? I did. Uh, there's actually a funny story with this, and this really sticks with me. So mm-hmm. obviously, I was queuing up, and obviously, they had to book you all in. And for some bizarre reason, because it was the first time, I was so fucking nervous. You do. You're like, oh, shit, what if I, what if I said something wrong? What if I haven't met myself and feel like a tit? Do you know what I mean? I'm literally, everything's yeah. going through my head. <laughs> and then, obviously, they booked me in the game in the picture thing. And then just before I walked up, I was like, okay, breathe. <laughs> and do you know what? Obviously, I went up and obviously she was terrific. Do you know what I mean? Really polite and I couldn't ask for anything better. The picture was shit because I looked stunned on it, but that's a different story. <laughs> At least you didn't do the the prom style picture where like you put the arm around her waist, you know, like you see the pictures of the dudes with Paige and Becky Lynch. <laughs> oh, Mickey James, that's another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Mickey James one was a, a that was a gag. It was like making fun of the other ones, but like the Becky Lynch one and the Paige one, those were like 
like uh, legit. Those, those were shoot situations. Oh dear, <laughs> but, but yeah, I cannot wait. Obviously, I'm meeting. So this in February, I'm meeting Taya Valkyrie, who's I think, I think she's an underrated person, to be honest. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah, I mean, she's would probably be considered a legend in lucha. Uh, yeah. She doesn't have a whole lot of exposure in the in the U.S. I mean, she had a, a cup of coffee in NXT, and she's been an Impact. Um, but I mean, she's been all over AAA for years. I mean, she's yeah, been exactly. uh, you know one of the big stars down there. Yeah, absolutely. There's obviously Johnny Thousand Names. I'm sure you know who that is <laughs> <laughs> Johnny uh, Johnny Mundo slash Morrison slash Impact slash Nitro slash Elite. Uh, I'm missing any. Johnny Hennigan, which is going to be named at the end. Hennigan, he just went by his real name when he was in the Indies. I guess he he couldn't call himself like Johnny Jersey Pro Wrestling or some some shit like that when he goes to Independence. Oh, yeah. Then obviously, (laughs) Ruby Soho, I'm going to be meeting. And the one who I'm actually really interested in is Rhino. Rhino. All right. Yeah. So, ECW original Rhino, who's still active. Yep, so there's um, going to be some big names there, so I'm excited for that. And then, yeah, absolutely. So that is that very pre- exciting. That's very yeah. exciting. I'm happy for you. Um, did I ever tell you all the wrestlers that I had met? I haven't met many. Go ahead. Well, when when I was in high school and I was going to my first Monday Night Raw, and uh, my parents took me to get tickets, I met DOA. Do you remember DOA? I do, but not. I don't remember very very well, but. They were the Harris twins, right? You know, right. The, the two identical giant bald guys. <laughs> that, uh, I think they had a pretty big hand in creating TNA because they owned the, um, like the the production company that provided like the lighting system and everything, and they were good friends with Jeff Jarrett. But anyways, I met them. Um, you know, obviously the line was super, super, super long. They barely spoke. <laughs> they just signed a, signed a piece of paper like, "Here, kid, get the fuck out of here." Um, good. <laughs> <laughs> so i met them that was interesting um you know i i think i told you i met jim Cornette because you know yeah. he's a fellow kentuckian like i am he lives in louisville kentucky i'm just you know a little outside of there and uh you know i met him at a, a horror movie convention and uh in lexington and uh that was he was great i mean i talked to him for like almost a half hour this was pre-podcast era mm-hmm. uh, he was still working for ring of honor he was wearing a ring of honor t-shirt and uh you know, we, we sat and just kind of, you know, talked about wrestling for probably close to a half hour or so. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, when I was a kid, I met the other big luminary from Kentucky. Can you guess who that is? I have no idea. Hillbilly Jim. Really? Yeah, I, I met Hillbilly Jim as a kid because uh, he's from Kentucky. And my daughter's getting in the camera shot here. <laughs> no, no, not to worry, not to worry. So, speaking of Jim Cornette, why is he so hated by a lot of people? I, I think it's because he's just very unfiltered in his opinions. Um, and he's got very, very clear, <laughs> clearly defined uh, positions on... Sorry if you hear that. <laughs> he's got like, clearly defined positions on what wrestling should be and what it shouldn't be. And he's just, he's an old school guy. He believes in the old school presentation of wrestling. And I love Cornette personally. Of course, I'm biased because I've met him and he is a Kentuckian. Um, I don't agree with everything he says. 
But, uh, you know, I do agree with some of the stuff he says, and I think he's funny as hell. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think people hate him because he just doesn't say, hey, everything is just great and everything's wonderful and I love everything. And no, I mean, he he takes the piss out of everything because, you know, he just believes that the way that did it back in the day was better. I mean, agree or not, I mean, that's just his opinion. I mean, do you agree with us? It we're back, back there. Do you agree with his opinion though? Uh, partially, yeah. I, I partially, yeah. Partially, no. I mean, I I think the genie's out of go back to the way wrestling was in the seventies and eighties. Uh, but at the same time, I would like to see the product be a little more serious and and a little less goofy. And you know, the work in the ring sometimes can be sloppy, and we see that with a lot of injuries happening. Like, you don't have to have a spot fest. Example, I, I talked about this the other night on, on Dynamite After Dark. I love that FTR match with Swerve and Our Glory. Did you get a chance to see that? I have not. Obviously, we're watching that tomorrow. So, because obviously, we don't get to watch it till the Friday, but obviously, I've been recording. So, okay. Well, I mean, it, it was a great match and it was kind of sloppy. I mean, they, they had some blown spots in it. But to me, when a wrestling match it seems more like a real fight. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like to watch matches that are just, uh, I'm going to do this flip and then I'm going to stand there perfectly in place with my arms out so I can catch you. And it's very noticeable. You know, I, I just don't like, I like it to be a little more raw. And, uh, I think that match was a perfect example of that, uh, because it was gritty. It was raw. It was hard hitting, but it was a great match. It had great storytelling in it. Uh, I think sometimes storytelling kind of goes by the wayside in favor of spots. Well, yeah, absolutely. So we'll obviously wrap this obviously show up. Do you know all the plug-in stuff? Do we know where, where people can find us and stuff? Well, uh, if I had, uh, was it JFB usually is here that does the uh, the all effing wrestling deal where you go to all effing website and you go all the way down to the bottom and you've got all the socials right there. Uh, dear. I'll show you personally. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Liam. But uh, for me personally, you can go to twitter.com slash Mr. Isaacs. I would love it if the all effing wrestling community would follow me and uh, interact with me. I'd love to talk to you guys. And uh, I have my own channel here on YouTube. Uh, I recently put up a review of Halloween ends. Go watch my review. So sounds good. So obviously I'll do all the plugging stuff so you can obviously learn it. Is that all right? Sure. Uh dear. So you can head to fmwrestling.com. All our social medias are obviously on there. All our podcasts are on there. You can head to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash fmwrestling. Buy yourself a Magic of Wrestling shirt, a all FM wrestling shirt, a wrestling with a paranormal shirt, a load of other shirts by then. So Mr. That's Isaacs. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, Mr. Isaacs, you were probably on the November the 12th episode, I believe. Uh, You tell me when, brother, and I'll be there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so obviously November 12th, we will obviously be doing a little backstage thing. So people talk about how things came together, how we obviously met, obviously how you became part of this challenge, or stuff like that. Okay, that sounds great. Sounds good. So that'll be obviously November 12th. That's all from me. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And I'll see you all in the next one. Magic Man out.